I, I think, I could be wrong, I think this will be the first Labickless episode yeah, in, what, close to 170? I don't know what we're up to right now. Like one, we're in the 160s. I'm not uh, sure. So we're getting, I don't think getting we close to the one in some yet. things. Okay, so the, the this would be, I just looked real quick, this would be 163. 163. So it took 163 episodes of this, plus, say, around a dozen of the former uh, Nerdologist podcast. Yeah. To So close to 175, call it 175, to get a Labickless episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends. I am your usual host, Brian Labick, and your actual hosts for this episode are Mike Bradley. Hey. And Josh Zorch. Uh, I think you can call me Count Movie Slut this time. No one but us will appreciate the editing magic that just took place in this intro. Um, so this episode is a little bit of a change of pace, uh, mainly for me. Um, Josh and I had talked, he suggested doing a horror movie preview show, uh, the night he was trying to do that, I was unable to record, uh, and the more we talked about it, since this is being labeled as a preview episode, it would have been better to have this out before a lot of the movies that they're going to talk about are released, just to give you a sense of what's coming. Uh, we also agreed that the horror genre is not really in my wheelhouse, so I didn't have to be here for this. We've done some episodes in the past where the other guys have ran with a topic, which I don't have a lot to contribute to. I just kind of sit there and keep quiet. This is the first time they're doing the whole show without me. So if the episode sucks, be sure to blame Mike and Josh. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do not do that. Uh, but seriously, if you enjoy the episode, they did a great job. It's I kind of feel like the, the parent leaving the kids at home for the first time and then finally coming home and realizing that they're still alive and didn't set the house on fire. So it's a, it's a proud parent moment for me. Uh, if you enjoy the episode, make sure to give these guys some love. They'll appreciate it. Again, they did awesome. A side note, uh, and mainly directed at Josh, because I know he'll listen to this after the fact and doesn't know what I'm editing. Uh, listeners, you guys will get this eventually throughout the episode. Josh, I have two words for you. Challenge accepted. I'll leave it at that. But as I tend to do when left to my own to record some sort of intro by myself... Uh, I'm rambling. I feel like I've, I've talked too long. Granted, this one, I think, is on the shorter end of intros that I've done in the past, but still, I, I'm, I'm just extending it the more I talk. Uh, you're not here to listen to me. You're here to listen to them. So without further ado, I will pass it on now to Josh and Mike. Enjoy. All right, Brian. Thanks. Uh, Mike, we're, we're here on our own. Does this feel weird to you? Uh, I mean, there's first time for everything. I mean, uh, I mean, maybe it's apropos to what we'll be discussing. Do you think it's going to be sort of like the uh, inmates running the asylum? I was thinking more like Brian just kind of said, oh, I'll be right back. And you know, <laughs> oh, that's on perfect. his own way. And now we have to worry about what he's doing tonight. Whether he's ever going to rejoin us or not, or if we're going to find him in, in, in a tragic state. Sadly, if you're hearing this, you know that he did uh, rejoin us because he edits all of this Shit, 
Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, as Mike and I were talking just before we got started, this is, uh, we believe, we could be, we could be maybe wrong, but we believe this is going to be the first Labeckless episode in the entire Bry Guy run. Uh, Bry Guy and I will continue. Super Friends without Bry Guy. It's weird. Yeah. I will continue to call it Labeckless instead of Brianless as well. That is all I will call it. This is a Super Friends podcast. This yes. Is, yes. Is... Uh, so the reason that it is Labeckless is because uh, Mike and I, I guess out of the group mainly, are the, 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 the biggest horror fans, I think, that typically contribute on stuff like that. Um, and honestly, Brian was busy. And with the everything can uh, you know into consideration, I, I think it was just decided that while he would probably hand off to us for the entire episode anyway, uh, we're just going to try to steer the ship ourselves. Uh, so if you listened to last week's episode, you heard us end. What am I saying? Of course you listened to last week's episode. You heard us end uh, by the mention that Zombie Land Double Tap, the sequel coming out this year, released a trailer. The, surprisingly the first trailer for that movie only what three months less than three months ahead of its release uh its audience didn't it. need more we, we no oh no it didn't people they just going to see a, that just show me a title on there yeah exactly i was just saying as soon as they announce the project give me a release date i don't need a poster give me a release date and tell me those four people are coming back well That's yeah all i, I mean needed. yeah so long as it wasn't like changing everything about it in just a you know, McSequel to it. It was going yeah, to be exactly. fine. Right. I could have never seen one preview or image and I was still going to be there opening weekend. Um, but that, yeah, that, they released this trailer just a couple days after Comic-Con to uh, kind of let that news cycle die down a bit. And then they got that out there. So that led into us realizing that there is, uh, I mean, you judge, uh, listener, whether you think it's going to be good or bad. But uh, there, there's there's quite a, a fruitful Halloween scary movie season coming uh, that starts very soon. And that's uh, the other reason that we think we wanted to get this episode out sooner rather than later. Because uh, our first uh, topic is actually going to be about a movie that's coming out uh, the Friday of this week. You're, you're hearing this on probably Monday and this coming out uh, Friday, August 9th. Uh, so yeah, we didn't want to delay and we wanted everyone to have their fall you know, scary movie season in front of them and ready. Uh, something that I forgot to bring up though. And did you hear about this? That at Comic-Con, uh, the, uh, the studio that does the Halloween, uh, they announced two more sequels. I'm not surprised at all by that. Um, just I'm like either. every Halloween movie ever, the movie ends with us not seeing Michael dead. Um, yeah. That's never happened before. We don't actually see, you know, a, any kind of real confirmation. Oh, let's lock him in a burning house. That'll work. Right. I mean, and, and cutting I, his I, head off with an axe didn't work. Why is... Like, <laughs> well, uh, well, Mike, to be fair... It wasn't fair, him. I, spo- yeah, spoilers for a 20-year-old movie, but it they, they retconned it afterwards so that they could make Halloween Resurrection. Well, and, that, but, and that's, uh, the, that's the whole point, is that if they gave, you know, some unmasked version of michael being killed by somebody who was actually aware of who he was then yes they would have a significant outcome that they wanted but they didn't do that they didn't do that for a very clear reason and that reason was sequels and money 
Yeah. Uh, so what they confirmed there is that there will be two sequels following in twenty October of 2020 and October of 2021 that will follow in the continuity of the 2018 reboot. 2020 will be called Halloween Kills, which will be followed the following year, obviously, by Halloween Ends. And just like we just discussed with Unless Halloween it makes H- enough money that they don't want to end it. Right. That's like the the, the worry, isn't it? Because Halloween H2O seemed like it ended in such a great place that they never needed to keep going, well, but they decided to. I mean, it's just the same trope over and over again. I mean, Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. Uh, that, very good point. Part nine, Jason goes point. to hell. Yeah. It, like, it just over and over and over. It's the same thing. You know, like it's yeah, true though. I, I will wasn't one of the Nightmare that. on Elm Streets called Freddy's Dead. Like it's the final night. Yeah, the final nightmare. Uh, there was yeah, but you know what? With Jason specifically, if they didn't do that, then I never get Jason Takes Manhattan, which is just a movie that I am glad the world has. I'm personally, I'll go Jason X is the one that I'm glad is still out <laughs> the there. most i i agree i think jason takes manhattan might have been it for, for for me the peak of the absurdity of that franchise personally but J- jason x didn't get more absurd for you it did but it knew what it was i think jason takes manhattan either people didn't know what ironic movie making was at, in the genre at the time okay uh so it wasn't received that way i don't think yeah, I mean, uh, when he does the same exact thing you can see in Killer Clowns from Outer Space to somebody in the movie, when he just, like, uppercuts somebody's head right off their body, um, <laughs> also happens in Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which knew exactly what it was. Um, yeah, precisely. There's there's in, some that are very self-aware. Of all things that we don't get a sequel to, I want more clowns wrapping people up in cotton candy and drinking their insides out with a fucking curly straw like why not <laughs> i mean come on why can i not have it sounded very dr evilish there why can't i just have more clowns with curly straws well i mean when it comes right down to it it is that ridiculous but that's you know, <laughs> this that's is true kind of the point yes uh i mean it's no surprise as you said uh the the halloween reboot which completely eliminated all continuity from halloween 2 through halloween resurrection and acted as a direct sequel to the original Halloween uh, from 1978. Um, Eliminated the, uh, the 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 reboots as well. The other reboot. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. And and we'll talk about that later because that's yeah that creator is is uh, has a film on our list. Um, so the 2018 reboot was made on a budget of 10 million dollars, and it opened to 76 million dollars and ended up with a worldwide gross of over 250 million so i mean the return on investment that was huge so yeah financial reasons this doesn't surprise me i'm at least happy that it's confirmed that both jamie lee curtis and judy greer along with uh the actress who plays judy greer's daughter and uh jamie lee curtis's granddaughter um her name's escaping me her character name's escaping me but the actress is andy uh, i'm gonna do my best andy matichuk all three of them are slated to keep going in the series which is nice that they're trying to keep a continuity going at least and again it's not like let's just take laurie and throw her in any random situation with brand new people (laughs) well i mean that's that was their plan for a while um 
but I mean, well, it started out actually with Donald Pleasance, where they were just going to throw him in there with random people, and which is basically where it went. Curtis. Yeah, um, yeah, that whole middle stride from like four through six in the original run. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, three was just off the fucking wall. That was just a whole other ball game. Right. Yeah. So yeah, season of the witch always exists off to the side. Yeah, but um, I feel like. I'm hoping a lot of horror movie makers and a lot of people that do these repetitive sequels are starting to take note of things like what the MCU has done, and they're writing out and storyboarding these stories from the start with the intention of doing all three. And then when it is a financial success, they do it. And yeah. if it's a flop and it doesn't make any money, well, they don't right. obviously get the green light to do more. But I'm hoping they tie these things together properly as one full story. Right. As opposed and, to three separate entries. Yeah, this is a good point. And not to, you know, blow the MCU again like we always do, but um I think the those particular creators have been good at at achieving that, but at the same time, if it's almost like with the exception of very few, take away post credit scenes, take away mid credit scenes, which are meant to do that exact thing, you know, to carry it on for you, give you a taste of what's next, perhaps. But they've they craft each story as though if this was the end this is the end yeah the story itself in that one particular chapter isn't like such a cliffhanger that it's obviously you know we made this as a two-part thing and now you have to go obviously infinity war and endgame are an exception to that but um yeah i agree if they could do that with certain uh horror franchises i i think it could definitely benefit the genre entirely especially because like chris rock is overtaking and overseeing a reboot of the saw franchise with samuel L. jackson um, i had not heard about that that's yeah that was a few a months ago too soon it doesn't need rebooted it's not old enough yet so i i'm a mixed feelings on that because i i would i only feel that way because they it feels like they just tried to do that with that jigsaw movie in 2017 Fair and enough. if that if that didn't exist then I would say, okay, let's try something fresh. Maybe, you know, someone like Chris Rock, very different, you know, sort of like a Jordan Peele, you know, comedy background coming in to take over and, and try his hand at this. Let's see what it looks like. But because they just tried that Jigsaw sequel, prequel, weird entry thing that they did, you know, so many years after Saw 7 was was over, uh, I, I agree. I'm like, well... I, I again to be fair, I don't know how quickly they're getting it off the ground. I don't know if it's going to be like next year or if it's going to be another two or three or four years. But it's still, it's just yeah. It, it one other than the first saw, you can have all of them. I, I like I sure. They, they, uh, I, I I don't want them to make <laughs> any more saw movies. Like just leave the first one as the fantastic film it was and erase the other ones from my memory. Yeah, I hear you. Well, before we get too bogged down in that, let's jump into the itinerary, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So if uh, if all went well, listeners, you should be listening to us uh, on, say, August the 5th, August the 6th, because we know as soon as a new episode is up, I mean, we all we know that all of you download it and, and consume it immediately. So there's no delay in you receiving this. Um, so if that is the case, because that is the case... Then this Friday, August the 9th, 
the first on the calendar will hit, which is a screen adaptation of a book that I think a lot of people read when like of our generation when they were growing up. This was like an elementary school, middle school staple for a lot of people. Uh, it's an adaptation of scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, now, Mike, it sounds like uh, like from our pre-discussion that you are familiar with these. It's funny. This is actually a book I've never read. Well, any um, any of them. I have not actually read it myself. Amy uh-huh. is the one who's very familiar with it. Oh, okay. Um, she was very into it, so I have heard a lot about it. Um, <laughs> that Having said that, she basically said, like, it's not really something that kids should really read, maybe teenagers, because they're fairly disturbing stories, weird, scary stories, things okay. that, like, a child would really not do well with. All right. Um, which, from the preview I've seen, falls pretty well in line with what the preview looked like. Yeah. Like, you know, not something like the Goosebumps stories that we've seen turned into film. Okay, good good comparison. Clearly made for kids. This yeah. is clearly made for adults who remember this from their childhood. Well, that's where I'm wondering how it's going to fall down because it's still rated PG-13. So it might take, you know, take it to the limits of disturbing imagery and, you know, maybe a little language here and there of what they can get away with. But, yeah, I'm not sure how far it's going to go. Um, uh, Guillermo, del, Guillermo del Toro is listed as one of the three screenwriters for this project. Um, I did a little bit of history digging on this, uh, that the original author, Alvin Schwartz, he released three volumes of short stories. Uh, volume one in 1981 volume two in 84 and then the last volume in 1991 so that is making me wonder is this going to be sort of like trick-or-treat um it's going to be like vhs you know or this is going to be like a series of vignettes or is there going to be some kind of through narrative that connects them all even if that is the case because it because the you know the publishing content was just this like series of short stories i mean the trailer made it seem like a cohesive story Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to use several parts from many of the stories told and turn them into one. You know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Who who knows, really? I'm not I'm not familiar enough with the source content to know how that could be done with the source. But I mean, it definitely in the trailer looked like a single story. Okay, that's how it hit you. Yeah. Even after watching it again. I wasn't, but then like reading more about how the, the original uh, source material is structured. I didn't know if I was trying to trick myself into thinking, Oh, that's just the way they cut the trailer. Um, I'm sure this is going to be the actual format of, of the film. Um, How, I mean, we've just, we've made passing comments many times about how it's difficult to do good, scary movies at a PG 13 rating. Um, Based on the preview that you you watched um, and then some of the like imagery that it's offering so far, do you potentially plan on seeing this either in theaters or once it you know is out on digital or DVD? Would you pick it up? Uh, is, is it anything that you think would like have the potential to be good? Um, I mean, it, it looks like it has potential. I will be there probably next Friday when this comes mm. out. 
Um, okay. Amy, as soon as she started seeing advertising for it, was very excited for it. So, oh, good. good. I will be there with her for that. And if she enjoys it, I enjoy it. All is well and good. If not, I you know see enough movies in the theater per year that some are good, some are bad, and yeah, <laughs> you know we're talking about horror movies and things like that. Right. You know, it, it's it, horror movies are so hit and miss. I and agree. You never know I, what's gonna come of it. And I think, I, I, I was thinking that exact thought just as you were saying it, to the extent that I, I feel like it, it, if if a if a horror movie is a miss, it's a hard miss. Oh yeah, yeah. They right in the way like if there's an action movie that is still not that good, there's elements of the filmmaking in general because of the genre that you're still like oh that was a fun stunt they did or a good visual effect or a big blow-up moment or a thing kind of how fast and the furious is watchable even though they're god-awful stories because where else are you (laughs) gonna see cars drive you know 80 stories up and fly out of one building and into another building and keep driving it's completely unrealistic but i will take your word that 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 is a thing that happens in those films uh, yeah, I mean, like exactly along those kind of lines. I think with with scary movies, with horror, because they, as much as people who aren't fans of the genre don't want to recognize, or or that they just don't happen to recognize, is maybe the the kinder way to say it. They, in my opinion, are very much built on story. That is how oh. they live or die. No pun intended. That that is how they separate between the good and the shitty. Sometimes, and I would argue, sometimes it's also performances. That can, that can help. pull things up. I mean, it, my example from this year is going into two separate horror movies that came out fairly close together this year. Uh, Brightburn and Child's Play. Yes, okay. I went into Brightburn with very high thoughts of what I was getting into, thinking this was going to be fantastic. Came out fairly disappointed. Okay. I went into Child's Play completely expecting this to be absolute shit, because it's a Child's Play remake. Right. Um, and and again, that, I think this has that. I, so I did and not... it was the opposite. We didn't get around to seeing that one. And I'm I'm glad to hear that. We didn't get around to seeing that one because I was the the exact like saw problem we were just talking about. I'm like, they just made another like straight to home video Chucky chapter last year. This is what like why were they doing another theatrical reboot? Like I I didn't understand. Well this is this is an a complete reboot, by the way. I will say that like um, Okay. It is this is not like Brad Dourif's gone, right? That angle of Chucky is gone. The angle they played with that angle of Chucky is gone. Um, this version of Chucky is trying to make Andy happy, and mm, okay, it it, it it yeah. Don't say too much because we're we're definitely gonna get this eventually. And 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 Mark Hamill fucking kills it. Yeah. Is yeah. it is it a unique performance? Like like there I'm hoping like I don't turn it on and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's the Joker. There's a Chucky. little bit of that, but it's I I'd say like you get what if he was doing the Joker as a child, maybe? <laughs> you know, like he makes it Okay. It sounds like there's a squeak in the voice, it sounds like a little kid, but very has the same kind of tone, I guess, is the Joker. But nonetheless, the the point I was getting at was like there's there's two 
great examples of I was disappointed by a movie in a horror movie that I thought was going to be fantastic going in because I loved the idea of it and all that. And then the execution was very poor. Sure. And then the opposite with Child's Play where I went in expecting a dumpster fire. But it's one of those things where I just can't look away. So I had to go see it. And I went in and I was actually like, well, holy shit, this was... Yeah, this was not at all what I expected, and it makes sense as to how they got Mark Hamill and Aubrey Plaza to sign on to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, as far as I know, that's the first movie to come out from LeBron James movie, movie studio. I did not um, know that was a thing to begin with, so okay. There's actually quite a few upcoming movies. Um, I don't know, I'm sure you've seen the previews for the movie with Melissa McCarthy, where she's... The, the Kitchen? Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that's a, LeBron's uh, movie graphic studio. novel, I think. Yeah, his movie, his movie studio is making that. Well, I'll be damned. Um, that's the one off the top of my head, but there's there's a bunch of others. He's went out and it kind of started with Child's Play because he was a fan and he kind of wanted to reboot it, and he just kind of said, "Okay, well, I have the money, so let's do it." And he All does right, have well, the money, so yeah, I will reserve judgment then until I. St- you know, get a chance to see it, you know, and then some of the other stuff that they're putting out to see what the quality is. So, all right, all the all the best of luck to him. Yeah, I mean, he's just funding it. It's not like he's producing or anything. Like, eh, still, yeah, I'm just you know, it's he's just the money. Um. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, I guess quickly circling back around to scary stories to tell in the dark out August 9th. Um, I guess that that's all the really the background i had i think it definitely uh is up my alley like i said i never got around to reading any of the books growing up um but i'm i'm ready for halloween season already like i don't want summer to end but i'm ready for scary movie season so if this is what's coming first i'm 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 ready and willing summer can end and never come back really <laughs> care. i i could live in alaska and it wouldn't bother me um but uh, as far as fall goes yes fall is the best season of the year um scary movies pumpkin flavored things all these wonderful wonderful holidays we get and lots of eating and stuffing our faces and it's wonderful so and the temperature outside is great and you happen to live in western pennsylvania and it looks particularly like Haddonfield, maybe with all the leaves turning and all the trees everywhere it's not but Looks a oh, like it. Mike, we've reached our buzzer for this topic. Uh oh. Well, time See, to move on. Like a good scary movie, you didn't know that was coming. Mike and I are implementing a timer buzzer system, just like we did on the episode last week, and that was the call that it's time to move on. Indeed. Um. So this is. I'm. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. So. A week later, on August 16th, we get a sequel to the 2017 movie, 47 Meters Down. This one titled, very cleverly, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. Um, This was just before... So this came out in the summer, a couple months before Sarah and I started working at the movie theater. And all of our co-workers would say, you wouldn't believe how long we had that movie like in relation to how you know long a theatrical run typically goes and for a movie about people trapped in a shark cage underwater they said people just kept coming like it wasn't in droves but a steady trickle just kept coming every week and it stayed a while and i guess it it, it kind of makes sense i mean domestically the movie only made 44 million dollars 
Um, I don't know what the budget was, and I couldn't find any uh, international box office numbers, but I guess they thought it was enough to do, you know, a full theatrical run sequel, but not like a straight to video or anything. Um, did you see the first one? I I did not. Yeah, I've seen it. What What do you think? It was awful. <laughs> um, okay. In any kind of redeeming way, or they had you know this novel idea built around you know i don't know exactly what the fuck they were thinking okay. um most of, like most of the dialogue isn't even dialogue because they're underwater makes sense okay and then they had I, I if i recall properly there was something like a air bubble somewhere they had down there or something where they could get in and actually speak for a bit something along those lines something okay. ridiculous like that yeah because so, so far i'm picturing aquaman in <sighs> justice league type of scenario so i i'm hoping it's better than that it was just so so here's the thing they can frame it however they want they can do whatever they want what they put together there was preposterous, and the okay. entire time I'm watching it, I'm like, one, your shark looks real when it's far away and looks really dumb when it's close up. Okay. Two, um, you know, like, there, the, the, this, it gave you a headache to, to watch because it was just like, you didn't need to make this movie. This was a scene that could have been good in a movie. That they turned into an entire movie. Because oh, I see. This, this could have been, like, act two of something. It, it, I mean... But... It could have been, like, we had the shark cage scene in Jaws. I've, I've seen this already. You know, like... Yeah, yeah. The distance you are down in the water doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and... I don't know, it just... I have no idea why the hell they would do a sequel or how. Well, I, like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I couldn't answer how necessarily because I haven't seen the first one yet. But as far as I can tell, like, so Mandy Moore and Matthew Modine appeared in this in the first one. Neither of them hmm. or the other character who Mar Mandy Moore is trapped with all throughout the first movie. None of them are in the sequel. So I don't. If, know. I, I can't remember a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure both her spoilers, both her and the other girl that were down there, die. Okay, so that would explain why. So yeah, so in terms of like taking the story further, I I wouldn't have any guesses. Um, I can tell like it's the same writer and director team. Um, the director is one of the two co-writers who have come back to do this, but again, like no, apparently no returning characters or actors. Um. Let me ask, did, did, so when you saw the first one, was it in a theater? Was it oh, VOD? No, it was, was it a, Netflix? Was it... Yeah, it was when it was free. Okay. Yeah, like uh, when it was Netflix or Amazon, I can't remember which one had it sure. at the time that I watched it, but yeah. So I, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. You probably have very little to no interest or motivation to I mean, catch again, this one during its theatrical run, at least. Yeah, in theaters, no, not at all. When it comes to, you know, on demand of some sort... When it's free on something, I, well, not free, but on something I already pay for. Sure. Yeah, morbid curiosity will get me to turn it on and 
see if I can get through the whole thing. Okay, okay. Well, I, I'm probably not in the bag for this, obviously, because I haven't seen the first one yet, and I, I, I'm a weird purist in that way. That regardless of how disconnected, you know, quote sequels can be from each other, I, I really never see the see them out of order ever for the first time. Um, so I will probably not make it around, but I guess I would say, I mean, unless you have anything else to add on on this afterward i i would close this one out by saying if you have seen the first one and enjoyed it god bless you and uh the the sequel will be available to you on august 16th so good luck with that so um moving on i suppose um so number three was is, is something that i'm really curious about um it's a movie called ready or not and it releases on August the 23rd. It looks like it's going to be at least moderately available in a theatrical run. Not sure how wide of a release it'll be. But um, did you get a chance to watch a trailer for this? No, I have not seen a trailer for Ready or Not yet. I wasn't aware there was one. Uh, it is. It's the only way that I actually found out about it. I forget what we saw it on. We saw what we saw it in front of, or, or you know, even Sarah came across it. I think somewhere. Um, so all all I know so far is. I, I I actually got really excited at first because I'm like, oh, one of the co-writers is Ryan Murphy um, <laughs> from like the American Horror Story series and a lot of like the true crime stuff. Like he's very prolific. And then I, you know, click on him and it's like Ryan Murphy or, like on IMDb, Ryan Murphy. And in parentheses, it's like seven, which means he is definitely not that Ryan Murphy. OK, different so, Ryan Murphy different ryan murphy altogether sure um not necessarily a bad thing but it was just like a realignment of expectations <laughs> um I, I i did go through his his limited credits as well as the other writer and the directors um nothing stood out to me uh of of really really high profile notable work um the direct both of the, there's like i think there are co-directors on this um they also co-directed one of the vignette segments on the first VHS movie. If you've seen any of those. Oh, I've seen the VHS movies. Do we know which vignette it uh, was? I can find out for you as we're going. Yeah. My um, excitement would vary because so, some of them were very good and some of them were very bad. True. Um, although I don't, I, I mean, off the top of my head, even if you told me that, like which segment it was, I don't remember those movies well enough to remember um, like, what I've, specific I've, segments were which. I've watched the first one at least twice. Okay, I I remember so, liking what I watched. Um, I I don't think I ever watched the third one yet. It's if you have spare time that you're going to waste, and you're very aware that you're going to be wasting it. I think it is. Well, it looks like the first. Actually, it looks like the first VHS movie is really only split into like three three maybe four oh well no let's see one two three four five actually six okay there's just a lot of there's like five directors on this one segment that those two guys are a part of it was the uh halloween 1998 okay vignette segment um so that's like by name that's the only one i recognized but uh the trailer looks both this like combination of I, I, I guess I'd call it like horror comedy, but also with like interesting camera movement 
choices that are reminiscent of like Wes Anderson or Tarantino. So mm. it almost kind of like the, the way the trailer is cut, but, but I don't think it's categorized at least on IMDb as a comedy in any way. I think it's just called like a, a horror thriller. Yeah. Horror mystery thriller. But it, the, like I said, at least the way the trailer is presented kind of has this vibe about it. Um, the, uh, basic premise is on on well it, 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 let me also pull back it takes place i'm gonna say like late 1800s in like a well-to-do it's it looks like a you know, like a southern bell well-to-do type of type of like mansion home and it's the wedding night that a son from the family is marrying a, a, a woman but the family is planning on killing her that night because I, it, it apparently looks like they're part of a cult or something i, I did see this trailer so i did not i think it looks fun as hell um and and then it, it, at least the way that the trailer makes it look is that the son knows about it but he's not planning on going through with it so he is like his plan is to try to protect her all night and so i think it's gonna be like most of the movie's gonna be like one of those like you know, all through one night, that's the whole movie. Yeah. Um, Samara like, Weaving is like the main actress um, who I know doesn't have a lot of name recognition. Uh, I know she was in a movie is, called The Babysitter. She, well, some, something for... Yes, The Babysitter was awesome. She is awesome. I think she's great. Um, she's also nice to look at if, you know, guys out there, you're into that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> if nothing else. But she is also actually Hugo Weaving's niece. Oh, okay. Well, that's an interesting tidbit. So, yeah, that makes sense. Pretty sure that's how she got her start was, you know, him so I, probably giving her a boost. Maybe. Yeah. And like she has a bunch of uh, like TV series credits and small part credits. Um, she was in, uh, I think she had a small part in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, interestingly, she, I, I believe, I'm, I'm taking a leap here, but. She's playing a character called Thea Preston in Bill and Ted Face the Music, which I'm taking to be Bill's daughter. Yeah, that would probably be a good guess. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were, uh, if anyone was a fan of the Ash versus Evil Dead series on Stars, she had a three-episode arc on that show. Um, but I, I, I mean, honestly, as as an actress, I think she's pleasant. I think she is pretty natural. She's she seems good at her job. Um, there's also, I mean, there's not a whole bunch of other big names necessarily in this movie, um, aside from Adam Brody and Andy McDowell. Yeah. Which like, like people of note, but like I said, overall, uh, you know, for like, if you're listening, like look up ready or not that, that comes out August 23rd, it just looks fun. It looks yeah. strange, but it looks fun. And I don't know if it's supposed to, but that's how it looks to me. Well, I mean, you know, it's a game of hide and seek with knives and guns and and i think like the period aspect to it the period piece aspect to it is going to lend to how like what they can play with the setting the house the, the the costumes as opposed to it just seem like if it was in modern day i don't think it would look as interesting whatsoever no i agree that, that it definitely has potential now mm -hmm. that i remember having seen the trailer i'm like Yes, <laughs> it's there. So. Yeah, I think that's that's one we're we're definitely going to try to make it out to. Um, so yeah, I, I 
just kind of gush about that one because uh, it makes me smile. But uh, anything else on your mind for Ready or Not? Nothing particularly. Gravy. All right. Well, we didn't hit the timer on that one, so we are moving on. I think this is going to be one of the big ones uh, because right after Labor Day, first Friday of September, the sequel to the massive, massive uh, success box office, and for the most part, I'd say critically, probably, uh, the follow-up to It, or really the conclusion, if you will, to It, Chapter 2, comes to theaters. Uh, Mike, you are much more of the... I'm, I'm going to make myself sound like a freaking idiot here. You're much more of the reader than I am. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and you've talked a lot too about, uh, I think, you know, the, you've, you've read the Stephen King book, correct? Yes. Okay. And I think you've mentioned that before. Um, and we, I think at different points it's come up here and, in, and just personally, you know, talking about the first, um, installment two years ago, um, what re-summarize for us so we know where we're starting from what were your feelings about the it i don't even i don't even want to call it like a reboot or remake but there was the miniseries in like 1990 or something yeah it's it's Um, just a movie it's the it movie because it wasn't ever a movie before correct so you can safely just stick with that i think sure so how did you feel Um, about that i loved it um you know it stayed mostly i mean it's hard to say mostly true but i mean again the book and both the miniseries before it did do a bit of jumping back and forth between present day and the past um so it uh still again um they chose to go a different route for these two movies where they're gonna play one movie in the past and one movie in the present Mm -hmm. um which I'm perfectly fine with that. It worked out very well for uh, the first movie. Um, mm-hmm. the, th- the The thing for me is that I'm always... I look at that movie more like Stranger Things and it. I kind of... Those two movies I kind of put together because focusing a lot on their childhood, um, I find it to be more of an adventure the first time around for them it's a disturbing adult adventure sure that you know not like stranger things which is more kid friendly and teen friendly and this is not right Um, right oh yeah yeah but but in in some similar of the same vein right same vein just one tagging that r rating on it and earning it and the other oh yeah not big time um so I, i look at it in that same type of thing for the first one and the second one might actually be more disturbing Um, okay and again it all plays into you know they i feel like they're going to stay true to the book but there are certain things even in the book that stephen king's fucked up mind came up with that we will not see on film um yeah yeah it's like it's one of those things that gets talked about because it's one of the most poignant and like strong development moments for several of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's also the most distasteful thing I think that you could imagine um, having to see. And I hope we don't end up seeing that in a flashback here in any way or anything. Cause we do know that they, the other, the kids are in this movie as well. They're acting. Okay. Are, they're, are you they're referring credited. to an event that they omitted from the first film? Well, they omitted, but maybe they refer back to it or, right, 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 right. you know, something comes up. I don't know. Yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. hoping it doesn't crop back in. Cause it doesn't need to be there. It, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's if you're not sure what we're talking about for the moment, you're probably better off. Uh, just Google it and I, Google find it and out for yourself. Who, we're not going to talk yeah. about what it is, because um, Brian would not even air the episode if we did anyway. <laughs> probably not. Um, it's 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 tough to talk about. I'm surprised they printed it in the first place back in the day. True. Um, but they it it looks to have a more disturbing tone this time like the first time around it was you know there was disturbing moments but i i mean i guess if you're somebody who's frightened by clowns those people are out there they exist clowns disturb some people not me personally Mm -hmm. um maybe it works against you but it does have its moments um and stephen king was always very good at playing into different fears and phobias in many different ways in his novel sure this has you know the first one had clowns but it also deals with illness sickness viruses things like that it it with Mm -hmm. um deals with just so many things that get dealt with in terms of what people are generally afraid of in it which is why it's such a classic story you know i mean and i'm hoping um Given the people they've chose to be a part of this cast, I am very mm-hmm. confident that going forward we have a, another hit on our hands here. We have another home run. Yeah, um, and that's a good point because I, 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 I feel like obviously they were hoping to be able to conceive to do both parts and present them this way. The first half as the children's story and then as the novels laid out the second half as the grown up adults and and what happens so many years later. Um, And obviously that did pan out because if like, if they were worried about how it would be received and whether it would do well enough to warrant a good sequel with a, with a good budget, for instance, I mean the, the two thousand, the September 2017 first chapter uh, was only budgeted at $35 million and globally made 700 million. Yeah. Um, just a couple quick, like ranking order uh, records or places that it, it it holds. Uh, it is the highest has the highest domestic weekend opening in September ever. It has the third highest R rated domestic opening weekend ever, regardless of the month of year. The only two movies ahead of it are Deadpool two at number two and Deadpool one at number one. Wait, the, the passion didn't open above it opening no ah okay but but fourth highest domestic grossing entirely it is at number four so number three is american sniper number two is deadpool and number one is passion of the christ yeah yes um and it is only one spot ahead of deadpool 2 which is at number five for domestic all-time grossing r-rated yeah uh the same director is returning 
to helm this as well, as I'm sure was the hope and, and plan from the beginning when they went into production on the first movie. Um, of the three screenwriters in the first film, it has been whittled down to one. One of those three is sticking around and uh, is the lone credit on, on this one, um, as, as we've been alluding. So, like, the the what this story will predominantly be will be adult versions of those child characters from the first movie appearing in this second chapter. Uh, Bill Skarsgård is returning to continue portraying Pennywise, the nightmare clown. Um, the only three adult actors, and I like, I don't mean any disrespect to the others, but the only three that really stand out to me of note that I think people would easily recognize, uh, Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, and Bill Hader are going to be the adult counterparts to some of the child characters from the first chapter. Um, how is how are your feelings with horror movie opening weekends? Because I, I have mixed feelings. I There can be a good energy, like in the same way there is for like a Marvel movie, for instance. But it can also be, in my opinion, really distracting because some there are some people who really like the horror genre who I don't want to say this. There are of of the people who don't know how to behave in a damn public movie theater, there's a high concentration of them that end up in scary movies. And so for something big like this that's going to be huge, it's going to be a big opening weekend, I'm wary about whether I want to try to experience it with like a full theater on Saturday night or if I'm going to try to do like a matinee at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Where do you fall? I... I do the matinee at one o'clock on Sunday for almost everything. Okay. So horror movies are no different for me. Um, the only exceptions I make to that are things like Star Wars, MCU movies. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Um, okay. If it's going to be a crowded theater. Um, I think we talked before the show about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I went there yeah. Friday afternoon. I think it was a six o'clock show or a seven o'clock show we went to see. There was a dozen and a half people in the theater you know i, I was not right. anticipating a huge crowd at a tarantino movie sure um you mean anything that kids are generally not going to be taken to you can count a little bit on the downsized of the audience but in the case of something like it it's going to get enough people out Oh, there will be so many kids dragged to this movie with older people because those older people want to see it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Like, have, having worked at a theater while the first movie was out, this was one of the most egregious that I saw. Like, of all kind of scary movies that were out and stuff, that, like R-rated stuff that kids should not have been in. Yeah. You know, a, a six-year-old does not need to be dragged to it because... And their twenty-some-year-old people... parent or guardian or whoever wants to say like, but that's going to happen well, because of the, the public attitude toward this, and that, that's how that's how that whole fear of clowns starts. Is your parents scar you that young with having to see it in the theater before you're ready? And there you go. Somebody's afraid of clowns their whole life. Yeah, apparently. Um, I'm hoping for the best because I am looking forward to this. I think it was one of the most well done scary movies in a long long time so i'm hoping that the experience does ah you can finish your thought those are the rules this is true um yeah i think it was uh 
since it was one of the, the the most well done in such a long time, I think the anticipation for me on this is uh, definitely palpable. And I think this, I, I just think it's going to be a good movie. I do in advance. I already think it's going to be a really good thriller and I'm going to love it. I just don't want it to be ruined by people who don't know how to behave in public. Which is Fair always enough. the risk when you go out anywhere. I know, but like I said, I, I both as a as a movie goer in theaters and as a former employee, I've seen the the makeup of people that come out for movies like this, and they have a really high potential of ruining it. So we shall see. But uh, I guess that's it for uh, it. Chapter two: uh, If you want to avoid the scary clowns, do not go to the theater to see that on september the 6th uh the next one I, I don't know if we've actually talked about this much before um the next season of american horror story will premiere on television september 18th this is uh season nine of the show it is subtitled 1984 uh i know speaking personally um sarah and i are way like we we enjoy the series as a whole um we watched the first three seasons uh murder house asylum and covenant uh we started to watch freak show and really did not like it at all so we stopped after like three episodes we got back in and watched hotel season five which we really dug a lot but we haven't been back since and it's just mostly been because of life and because of an infinite amount of other choices um, so we're a couple seasons behind, um, so I might eventually, I mean, at this rate in a couple years, end up getting back to uh, this uh, this season and seeing what it's about. But uh, have you guys watched the other shows previously? Uh, Amy has watched every season. Okay. Um, I have watched half of one episode. <laughs> um, it, okay. my, it, I've been told I need to watch, I think, seasons five, six, and seven. Um personally because it's my i got through half of one episode because i really just don't like jessica lang um interesting i think that is the first time i've heard anyone have a strong opinion i mean <laughs> i can explain it to jessica lang. A, a certain extent is that she's had so much work done on her face that it starts to like irk me to just watch her um D does it distract you because you can't like yeah you can't pull yourself away from that from the botox to... i can't okay there, there, there's right. just too much going on there i can't anybody like that anybody that has that you know the, the botox puffed up weird doesn't look natural anymore type of thing they, they <laughs> pull right. me completely out of anything i could be watching which is sad because the rest of the damn cast i love but she plays such a huge role seemingly it's thrown me off but evidently I've been told she's not in seasons five, six, or seven. I was just trying, as you said that, I was trying to rack my brain that I, like I said, the last season we watched was five, and I don't recall her being in that at all. And I said, we haven't picked up and moved forward yet, but um, the, the hotel season was really solid. That's the first one. Well, I say first because I don't know beyond. Um, that is the season where Lady Gaga joined. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for that's... that anthology cast, and it, it's actually really damn good i think matt bomer came in for that uh that season two it, it's really good yeah i again plan to watch those seasons um because each one seems interesting uh it's just a it's, it's a series that i wrote off and stopped paying attention to because of 
the reason I gave. Certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Amy has thoroughly enjoyed every season of it, so I'm sure she will be watching. I own all of these seasons because she, <laughs> she buys them because I don't actually have the channel that they're aired on. Okay, so I yeah, yeah. either have to buy them or they wait till they show up on Netflix. Which she, is mostly what we did on the back end, yeah. She just can't wait. She likes the show so much. As soon as it comes out, she buys it. She watches it. You know, it's yeah. she's all over it. I I would say. I mean, th- this is aside from a couple bit parts in other projects. This is the show that definitely introduced me to Evan Peters. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, I knew him as an actor very well before, well before, you know, X Men: Days of Future Past. Before he was Quicksilver. I was like, oh, that was that kid who was the friend of Kick-Ass in Kick-Ass. Yes. And he's also in – he's the kid from – like he ste- – in my opinion, like he steals most of the first season of American Horror Story uh, Murder House. He's very good in it. Um, and he's been – him and Sarah, Sarah Paulson too. Good Lord, I love Sarah Paulson. I will watch her in anything solely based on how good she is in every – role she's in on this show because because the 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 premise and and most of the cast makeup changes every season and so everyone's in a, a they're a completely different character you know after right. 10 episodes after 10 episodes it's over and they start over with something else um and there's been you know many actors coming in and out of the anthology throughout seasons that have been really wonderful like emma roberts is surprisingly really good in covenant i think season three um she was good in scream queens too sarah watched a bit of that i i never really got into it but she she really enjoyed it 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 was okay i mean it it had its niche you know what i mean like it it wasn't taking itself seriously so it worked in that essence i'm not sure whatever really happened that just kind of uh that that show just didn't have ratings or kind of just petered off i'm not sure i like we watched it it was like hulu i think we watched it on uh-huh so it was free to watch and i don't know when it originally aired or anything like that but i mean it was decent you know like i, I didn't think it should have been canceled but yeah i mean god only knows i mean they probably overshot their budget with Jamie Lee Curtis and Emma Roberts and Billy Lord and so on and so on with the cast that probably was a little bit expensive. Uh, so it had some problems, but. For a television looks, show, that's expensive. Yeah. And it looks like everyone fell, fell well on their feet, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess pulling back to American Horror Story, uh, yeah, so it premieres uh, on FX uh, September 18th, um, and it sounds like maybe someone in your household will be watching it as soon as humanly possible, and me and Sarah may get to it eventually once we catch up like the other four seasons we're behind. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we didn't hit the buzzer on that one, so no reason to be sp- Spooked this time around. Uh, this I I've been waiting all day to hear your input on this next one. So this is, um, okay. This is Friday, September nineteenth, the Friday following the premiere of American Horror Story. This movie is called Three from Hell, and it is 
a sequel to the movie Devil's Rejects, which in turn was a sequel to a movie called House of a Thousand Corpses. All of those were written and directed by Rob Zombie, who we mentioned earlier in our Halloween discussion. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses, I believe, was his directorial debut. Um, Sounds and then accurate. He, and I think he did then Devil's Rejects, and then he, right after that he did a Halloween remake and a sequel, and then went back to making his own stuff. When, when that wasn't going to continue. Um, so I think it was around 2012 or 13. He made uh, he released Lords of Salem, which I have not seen. And then a few years later, maybe 2015, 2016, released a movie called 31. I can't remember in a previous discussion, one of those two movies has a scene that you mentioned from an actor. Um, oh, crap, who's also in this Three from Hell. Um I can't think of his name. He he played Joe Chill in Batman Begins. You called him out because you said it was like the only redeeming scene of the movie. And I thought uh, we might be talking about 31. Yes, it is 31. Um, it was it, uh, Rich... Uh, oh, it's going to be right. Richard Brake. Yes, Richard Brake in 31. His performance is fantastically evil sadistic i i felt like it you couldn't have given a better audition to be the joker than what he did in that movie but it was also so many other things the rest of that movie's complete dog shit but <laughs> so that what, per, i'm like I, I think we discussed it before there's actually a uh one of the killers in the movie running around is a mexican midget nazi yes, dressed up like this up. hitler but in bondage gear <laughs> oh god this is one of the killers in the movie this is how ridiculous that movie is so in a movie like that get richard brake gives an amazing performance um as a horror villain and as just in general, just one of the creepiest kind of, and they give him a monologue. They give him lots of screen time. And yeah, the re the rest of that is awful. So did, did you, did you see Lords of Salem? I did not. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's again, I won't get into how much I didn't enjoy that. Okay. Um, so maybe, maybe we're the, sort of on the same page then because i don't mean this like as a personal hit to rob zombie but i have found that other than halloween well i'll say i i probably wouldn't have enjoyed halloween had they not been remakes of movies that i already liked i i, I find that i don't feel that i enjoy his brand of movie making say where well, i'm i did not like the halloween movies um because i felt like they were wrong for what should have been well i think that was the only um, way that i i i would have hated them i would have no hey i would have disliked them as much as i dislike his other movies but i disliked them slightly less because they came from a world that i did already enjoy like if they had been original creations of his flat out i probably wouldn't have 
cared for them whatsoever. And alternatively, for me, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, I actually thoroughly enjoy. Okay, um, so that's the part that I, I could have sworn that you did share before. So given that, it's what, 14 years, I think? It's a long After time. De- Devil's, Devil's Rejects, we're getting back to the group of um, Baby, Captain Spaulding, and Otis. Yes. Which uh, and I'm those actually, actors are all returning. So I, 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 was this anything you're looking forward to? I was shocked that they got Sid Haig to come back. There was a convention, I want to say it was three years ago, maybe two years ago. I can't remember specifically, but he did a convention in, in, in uh, I want to say it was Indianapolis, where he officially said, this is my last time appearing in makeup as Captain Spaulding. I, it's never going to happen again. That's it. I'm hanging the character up. Meaning like, he, so he was he appearing in makeup as yes. Spaulding at that convention? At, for the last time ever is what he said. This is oh, okay. So this I'm, is I'm, the last time. I just time. happen to be here at the convention. I'm in, I'm in the costume, but this is literally, I'm not ever even going to like for a con, for an appearance, nothing. I'm never going to do this again. Yeah. Okay. He was retiring the character, and from then on, it would just be Sid Haig as Sid Haig sure. showing up at conventions or in films, whatever. Um, which he may not put on the makeup and become right, Captain right. Spaulding here. He may just, you know, but being a sequel to those films, um, given how The Devil's Rejects ends, I'm very curious to see how the hell they spin that. Um, because they kind of yeah. just go down in a rain of gunfire and that's how I remember it. The, the only time that I've seen that, that's how I remember it. Like they're driving toward the like massive police blockade in their yeah. open Free top convertible. Playing. Yeah, and I guess it, I forget. I did. Do they explicitly show any of them getting shot before it? goes to black or is it just very obviously heavily implied that they're just driving to their death i'd have to watch it again i'm pretty sure you see i'm not gonna watch it again so (laughs) see i like again i i love the movie so i i'm on the other end but Mm -hmm. i i'm pretty sure it shows them being shot up pretty good okay uh i mean or at least the after effects of it you may not yeah 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 i'll give you that you may not see them actually get shot, but I, I like I have this vivid imagery in my head of Bill Mosley and Sid Haig like just bloodied up at the end of it. I, I could see that. I, I mean, as as twisted and strange as his as Zombie's mind can be and his storytelling, I'm sure he can spin something to explain why they're still alive. Sure, but I mean, I'm interested to see where he goes with it. Um and see what comes of it but who the hell knows because since devil's rejects to me he's made just complete trash so yes on the one hand i mean i definitely can't necessarily judge that because my like i said my opinion of the halloween movies i really didn't like house of a thousand corpses that much well like really at all and devil's rejects was barely watchable for me and i never stepped back in to check the other ones out but um yeah I, I i don't even like after you get to see it i don't know if i would have much to contribute because i honestly couldn't say that i will 
ever get around to choose to watching this movie. I mean, that's fair. He's not... Like, I I can't defend him as a director. I can't even defend those stories that he's telling or the arcs or anything like that. But what I can say is that I enjoy those movies much more so for the performances given by Sid Haig and by Bill Mosley. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that that's very much more where I'm at. I just enjoy them enough that I thoroughly enjoy the movies. Um, without, without the two of them, there's nothing there. So. So, I I mean, this is kind of going off topic, but like if, if I knew that it had something like a fun aspect to it, like I'm about to discuss, like maybe it would sound more appealing to me. I forget what Sarah and I were doing. I think we have like a horror movie trivia card game, something we bought somewhere. And it's more like a travel game. It's just like a pack of like trivia cards. Um, and I completely, again, I haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses since 2003. Like okay. since the year it released. Right. There's several people in it that I didn't know who they were at the time anyway. And so that I completely forgot were in it regardless. And so I went back to look and uh, Walton Goggins. Yes. Chris Hardwick. Yes. And Rain Wilson, yes, are in House of a Thousand Corpses. Yep, that's effed up. <laughs> hey, go back to any horror movies, though. In how many? Oh, I know, I know. Get their I, start Je- there. Je- and... Jennifer Aniston in Leprechaun, and uh, Renee Zellweger and McConaughey in Texas Chainsaw Four. Yeah, it, well, I, mean, I know, it, I know. So many of them. You can go back in so many horror movie franchises and find even people that aren't like a-listers like you're talking about that are just like oh that guy <laughs> you know like a walton goggins who like you and i yeah. know who walton goggins is by name but not everybody's gonna know that guy by name at this point right but they'll, they'll recognize his face right when they He's see him they'll face say, people that guy that guy he was in that movie and yeah. you know i think chris hardwick a lot of people recognize now because of the talking dead but oh of course uh, other than that he would probably be somebody that people would say who um true but they would recognize the face and they would say oh okay and then they try to remember where they knew him from yeah but there's so many people like that in horror movies along the way oh definitely and yeah i don't think that i'm surprised by any of those when i had gone back and seen them because you don't remember those guys no you know but then you go back and you see it and you're like fucking dwight schrutz in house of a thousand corpses holy shit (laughs) yeah right um and then you think about the character and it kind of fits and (laughs) well you're you'll have to if if you get around to this one while it's out in theaters or or whatever you'll have to come back and tell us if it lived up to any expectations uh if, if you liked the two preceding chapters because uh, I, I said, unfortunately, even within our group, you might might be on your own on this one. I'm sure that I am, and that's okay. Yeah. Not everything is for everyone, and it doesn't have to be. <laughs> well, we uh, looks like we made it just under the buzzer for that one. Uh, and let's see, any closing thoughts for Three from Hell? Not really. All right. Um, the next one we have is coming out at the end of September, September 27th. 
It is called The Hunt. And this is another one that I'm not sure exactly what to make of the tone, whether it's supposed to be horror comedy or it's it's going to be, you know, more of like a effed up thriller. Um, it's, it's, it's again listing it as just action horror thriller um, because it could go a number of ways given the premise. Um, the uh, basic synopsis uh, on the movie says uh, 12 strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. That's very big trope, but that's okay. They don't know Predators. they've been chosen. What's that? Predators. Oh, yeah. Yeah, take anything. Like, I, uh, uh, there was a movie with Greg Kinnear. Um, I mean, it's called, like, the... I have to find that. It's, like, The Unknown or something. So, yeah, so many movies like that just start that way. Um, I mean, Saw is yeah. a good example. It's exactly how that happens. Um, yeah, so they don't know what they've been chosen for a very specific purpose. The Hunt. Um, Sounds the director, like Predators. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> but it looks like it's, from what I can tell, it almost looks like it's on like a homestead. Um, I can't yet tell if it's modern day, if it's a little bit like, again, like a period piece, if it's somewhat olden times. But um, uh, again, like no disrespect to the, the director, but there's not a like huge standout thing that I think I could offer anybody to say like, well, if you've seen X, Y, and Z, you'd recognize him from that. Um, but one of the co-writers on this is Damon Lindelof of lost fame and uh here he's a screenwriter on cowboys and aliens prometheus star trek into darkness world war z tomorrowland oh, okay and is uh working on the watchmen series that's going to be out on hbo soon um most i think he got most of his notoriety at first from developing and writing the first uh, bit of lost with uh, jj um a couple names that stick out Starring in the movie, Hilary Swank, uh, Emma Roberts, who we just talked about, Ethan Supley, who uh, comes from some of uh, like the Jay and Silent Bob, Kevin Smith movies, but was also on, I think it was on My Name is Earl, right? Yes. I think for years. Randy. Um, and then there's, actually, so there's an actor, I'm going to call out, his name is, I, I think it's Ma- Macon or Macon, M-A-C-O-N is his first name, Ma- Macon Blair. Nobody knows who this person is. That's fine. You're not supposed to. He was in a movie called The Green Room that was made by a guy named Jeremy Saunier. This was one of the last uh, bigger-ish released movies that Anton Yelchin made just before he died. I think it was released around the time that he passed, um, like just before Star Trek Beyond as well. But uh, Macon plays a role in that. And then he's basically the main actor, the lead role in a movie called Blue Ruin, which uh, the director and writer of Green Room also made. I actually think he's very talented and he's just like a no name to most people that I'm just going to shout out because I I think he's kind of like a hidden treasure. Um, He's very natural and he has been in things that people know and have seen him in, but he's not even a, oh, that guy yet. He may get there eventually. Um, but, uh, he's, he's around in, in this movie as well. Um, I get not really sure what to think about this yet. I guess the premise could go an original way or it could seem very, um, very tropish. 
I mean, in my mind, calling it the hunt, it has like a purge type feeling to me. It has like the greatest game, um, kind of feeling. Uh, I there's not much yet available for it, but given some of the credentials of the people involved, I thought, eh, we'll add it to the list. We'll see, see how it sticks. Uh, what, what does it feel like to you so far? Any any anything sounding like uh, it, it it would coax you in? I mean, it, it, as far as I know, we don't we don't have a trailer or anything yet um for this i don't believe uh it looks like there might be a quick like like teaser. a one minute teaser that they're calling it but not a ton to go by okay i mean for me it, it, it'll it be something that sounds like i'll probably watch it like it sounds anything called the hunt it sounds like they're gonna pit people against people and see what happens like that that's what it sounds like to me um but at the same time I mean, it's a horror movie with an interesting premise, at least, even if it's not the most original, I'll probably watch it. Um, this one is, I'm not very familiar with it. Um, I actually had to look it up when you sent me the list for the episode tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't have a lot to go on here. Yeah, me neither. And I, again, I think it's just going to be like, maybe if it, depending on how wide of a release it gets, it's gonna be like hey it's saturday afternoon we have nothing going on that hunt movie came out is it playing nearby okay you want to spend a couple bucks okay yeah yeah i mean i don't have anything against any of the cast or anything like that so you know it's a see what happens yeah yeah i'm with you all right well we made it just under the gun well not even just under the gun with a lot of time to spare on that one but that is fine it's how these things go so let's see what is next all right and this you know this next topic i'm really excited for because it's been a long time since we've had an adams family movie but we're gonna get a new entry on october 11th only this time it has somewhat of a like i think it's supposed to look like it was claymation but it's a cgi version of making claymation almost yeah um i have always liked the weirdness of the adams family the 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 strangeness the i mean it's all like like the the, the gothic nature of it and just how just how weird they are in in like accidentally like well like purposely hurting themselves or causing damage it, it, it was such a strange you know like little nexus there to to create but it was charming in some way um, as, as an animated film goes, was this anything that you care to have? Are you okay with, you know, the couple like live action movies that exist? W what are you thinking? So when this first got announced that they were making a new Adams family movie, yeah. it was not announced that it was going to be animation with the first announcement, but they did have the cast or at least some of it. And they said, oh, we're getting Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron to be Gomez and Morticia. And I said, holy shit, that's amazing. I need to see this movie. And then they said, it's going to be animated. And I'm like, you know, I'm still interested, but you just broke my heart so. a little bit. Like, Yeah, you, yeah. Like, seeing those two as, like, the, head, the headliners for the movie, I was like, oh, my God, that could be amazing if this is, you know, and then they say it's not live action. You're like just deflated just say you know what i mean like so i'm my disappointment from that is still lingering 
Yeah, because um, I think especially with me with Oscar Isaac, if you not not even in all aspects, just in this specific one, it, it was like Oscar Isaac as Gomez Adams is a thing that I didn't know I wanted so much until you told me it was a thing. Yeah, and like in that in that instance, I'm like that is the absolute spiritual successor from Raul Julia as Gomez Adams. That is perfect. But and and you're right. So having such absolute ideal casting to then be told well you're never really you're never going to see oscar isaac you're not going to see him in in the black clothing with the pencil mustache the slick hair you're not you're not going to get that um i i understand what what you mean by that do you do you think Charlize theron would have been as compelling of a morticia in person maybe because like everything she does is is in in i hate to say it, like she has light hair in everything, it's hard for me to picture her in like black works. hair and everything. Flux. Yeah, but I mean, true that exists. But I don't know if I can transform her in my well, mind as easily again, in Morticia you, as I can Oscar Isaac into Gomez. Well, with Morticia, you also have to remember she's going to be wearing an extreme amount of white makeup. Um, sure, because you know Morticia has like the whole kind of vampire-y thing going with her look. Very and long, lanky hair. The out, the outfit, the clothing, the wardrobe would do a lot to help sell it. But but seeing like the two of them, I think together, I can see like the chemistry is Gomez and Morticia in my head working. Like I just I see the two of them in my yeah. head, and I'm like, that's gonna work. Yeah. And I want to see it. And then I just <laughs> and I'm just waiting like, who's Uncle Fester? Who's Uncle Fester? And part of me's like Nick Offerman, Nick Offerman. But it oh, if it was live action, yeah. Uh, I could see that potentially. I feel like he would love, he would have fun with that. I, but so, so we're talking, we've spent so far talking about like fan casting a new family Adams movie as opposed to talking about the one that exists. So yeah. Well, I, okay. So given, given, given what we're not going to get, how do you feel so far about what we will be? Well, I was using it just to preface, like, I think I feel less excited for it than I would had I not been deceived by the casting announcements. Um, okay. You know, like, I feel like if you just tell me like, Oh, they're making an animated Adams family movie. I'm like, awesome. And then Mm -hmm. you say, Oscar Isaac's going to do the voice for Gomez. You're like, cool. You don't even give it that same thought of the potential live action. Like you, you had something that's not taken away from you as much. Right. So my excitement for it is less than it would be. Uh huh. But it's still the Adams family. the The trailer looks fun. It looks yeah. like it's going to be a fun movie. Um, I think like the the style of the animation to me, like it looks like they're leaning toward like a Corpse Bride, yeah, uh, style, which tried to replicate, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, but overall, it still reminds me more of um, Hotel Transylvania. Like a mixture of like Corpse that. Bride with Hotel Transylvania style animation. I've seen um, the other ones, but else? I've never seen Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. So, um, I can't. I mean, comment. we we at least get. Uh, I mean, a couple more fun fun faces. Well, face voices rather. Uh, <laughs> Chloe Moretz is Wednesday. Finn Wolfhard from It and Stranger Things is Pugsley. Uh, Allison Janney. Is is in it? Bette Midler is playing the grandmother. Your uncle Fester is Nick Kroll. That could be fun. Yeah, he couldn't do live action, but in a voice role, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that that could really be where he he excels there. Um, 
Like I said, we get this a little earlier than I would have thought in the month. It's October 11th, but I guess maybe as an animated film, it's going to... I mean, I don't see a rating on here yet. I'm assuming it's going to be PG, definitely, you know, PG-13 at the absolute most. So it's going to be... I think even the old live actions were PG. Like uh, They might have been... P- I'd, I'd look real quick. They might have been PG-13 because of some of the, like, disturbing humor or, you know, things that they use, maybe. Yeah, there um, may have been a random qualifier in there that bumped them up, but... I I feel like the Adams Family isn't something that's meant to be adult. It's meant to be a family thing like a creepy family you know halloweeny kind of fun thing to go watch it's not really horror it's no you know it's definitely of the season yeah and and especially with this being animated i'm expecting you know that they're going for a family younger kid market with it but i'm still hoping there's enough twisted about it that as an adult i can still enjoy it yeah, it's got to it's got to be twisted weird as opposed to twisted funny or weird funny. It's got to be like those things that make no sense. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's got to Tim Burton it up a little bit. Like it's it's a good way to put it. Yeah, I I I I think it has potential to be really enjoyable. I just don't want it to be so kid friendly that they suck all of the twisted charm out of what makes the Adams family it's unique thing makes it the Adams family exactly you can make a strange family that is just quirky and has weird looking people and whatnot but the Adams family did that it's called the monsters right and there's been different incarnations of those types of things in kids movies the last you know decade and a half so I'm hoping that they keep enough of you know wow that's actually kind of sick that that's how these people behave yeah and that's really morbid um, I want that still there. Yeah, definitely. But time will tell on that, I guess. But, you know, like we can hope that it stays true to the Adams family. But yeah, and this was one that I um, it was it did not make my 10 anticipated, but it did go on my. uh Like must see calendar for Fair the year. Enough. And it went like it went there at the beginning of the year. So some things get added on later as I learn about them because I didn't know about them before the year started. Um, and there's some things that I end up seeing that aren't on the calendar, but, you know, that's okay too. This is just my like, hey, I have my top 10. And then there's the, I definitely absolutely want to see these. Um, so this was there from the beginning. So I am definitely, and, and once we get into October, you know, Sarah and I are in full Halloween mode as much as we ever can be. <laughs> we just love that whole season. It's our favorite holiday. So I think, like, for me, this is a good, more, like, traditional but proper kickoff for Halloween season, like, Halloween feeling, as opposed to, like, just being a scary movie like It. This is Halloween-y to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it it comes down to, like, there's a few things you always watch around the Halloween season. You know, the Adams Family is one of them. To me, I always watch at least a few Harry Potter films because it has mm-hmm. that tone to it. And but it but having the Adams family be a part of this season is going to be fun. Um, and had like I knew about this going into my top ten list, and had it actually been a live action film with Oscar Isaac and Charlie Theron, it probably would have yeah, made right. my top it, it ten. Would've... It probably would have, yeah. So 
again, I'm I can't stress enough how disappointed I was when I found that out. Like it's <laughs> oh, it just ruined me. Like I it's so perfect to have Oscar Isaac as Gomez. You're right. It's just so good that not getting it for real is like mm, can somebody just take that idea and run with it for next year or the year oh, after yeah. or something, you know, be like, "Hey, he would be really great. Can we just actually do it?" Yeah, well, we'll find it. out. We'll find out in a couple of months or not whether they were able to pull this version of it off or not. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the Adams family, right at, right at the buzzer. Good timing. Good timing. Uh, so our next entry, I think, is going to be probably our our second big cornerstone discussion for the episode. Uh, this movie, which releases on October eighteenth, this made both of our top 10 anticipated lists. I believe it was both. It was in the number two slot for both of us. Yeah. And I will admit, I made a revision to my list. Once the Jay and Santa Bob reboot was finished and confirmed. I mean, it wasn't even happening. It, it literally, they just shot the movie in February. So there was no way yeah. it could have um, been known. So this got bumped admittedly to my number three. Okay. Jay, Jay and Bob got put in at two, but uh, you know, that just tells you, how you know what it took to knock something down it was a you know end game and for me a jay and bob movie a kevin smith movie so uh no more spoilers it, it, it uh, no more beating around the bush it's zombie land double tap yeah i mean i can say for me it was above end game um was it or what was yeah. your number one star wars was it okay okay yeah they but I never gave thought to revising the list after the reboot came up. I never really think about that list again until the next year when we talk <laughs> about it again. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I give my honest list and then, you know, there's lots of movies that I didn't know about. Like, is, is an example, the, um, the Dead Don't Die from Jim Jarmusch. That would have been on my list had I known about it when we did our previous list. And, spoiler, it's not making my top ten from the year like you I yeah yeah you know but nonetheless um yeah Zombieland 2 the first movie I couldn't say enough about it so I'm just going to say if you haven't seen Zombieland Brian you I'm can I'm going to say what the hell is wrong with you Brian. I will say that like like anybody I Brian. get th- there's a <laughs> little bit of the I don't like horror movie stuff to get over Otherwise, it's a great, it's funny as hell. It's a great character movie. It's, it's an adventure. It's effed up. It's just, it's everything. It is amazing. honestly it, that that is one of the first films as an adult I can remember actually shedding a tear at. Really? When, when he as an adult, well, when still, he gets but, his, okay, go ahead. When he gets his Twinkie at the end, the look on his face <laughs> when Twinkie he gets the Twinkie. <laughs> It's really? just that moment you see pure not when you realize joy. That the, like, not when you realize that the puppy he was talking about earlier in the movie was actually his small child son. See, I don't, I don't but have like tears of sorrow he, that pop up for anything. Because he threw a shit fit about the snowballs earlier in the movie. Then he finally gets well, his no, Twinkie no, 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 no. and you're happy for him. There is several moments that we discuss Twinkies in that movie. It is a serious <laughs> know, character building thing. Uh, for Tallahassee, but it's also something where I would say, again, sorrow doesn't get me to cry. I don't cry over sad things. Okay, um, fair. Tears of joy will happen occasionally, and yeah. as an adult, that's the first time I remember being like choked up at a moment 
in a movie that, you know, because that was so perfect in so many ways. I can't even express. So having said all that, we've seen the trailer now. Yes, I assume you've watched this. You're not going dark on this one, I assume. Uh, th- this one, no. I If they release anything else I'm not going to, like I... I'm kind of hating that I have to have the IMDb page up in front of me for this discussion to be useful for the listener because <laughs> there's like there there like there there's additional casting that you don't want to know about that I don't want to know surprise about surprise people that you're like oh yeah. damn so I'm not well, even going to share it with like listeners who I know who are big fans of this movie I'm not going to tell you some of the additional people because they don't pop up in the trailer um because you're going to want that to be a surprise yeah. So yeah, if they release anything else, I'm not going to watch. But I did, I did see the the when they released right after Comic Con. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I'll throw it to you. What's your favorite moment in the trailer? So I I th- I just took in sort of the pure joy of seeing all the imagery. I couldn't actually repeat back to you anything I remember specifically from the trailer. Okay, um, I, I watched I watched it three or four times. It's just I'm watching, just loving. Oh my God! There's there's Woody Harrelson and look Emma Stone. She has won an Oscar for Best Actress since that other movie came out, and she came back to do this. Well, th- that that's what I I love that they point that out at the beginning of the trailer. They're like, <laughs> is it like Academy Award nominee, Academy Award nominee, oh, yeah. Academy Award nominee, Academy like they Award all winner. Because I think like, Eisen Eisenberg was nominated for the social network i think yeah that so sounds i think right and i i believe breslin wasn't breslin nominated for little miss sunshine sounds right which would have happened before the first zombie land but still yes An yeah but she was a kid principal so main cast made up of oscar winners and or nominees and they're coming back a decade later yeah 10 entire years later for a sequel that people have been asking and hoping for for so long and they're finally making it happen. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I tell you, long long answer to your question though about like favorite movement in the trailer. I I I barely remember most of what I saw just because I'm like, oh look at this, look at this. I'm seeing a zombie and there's those people and they're all there. They're on <laughs> screen. I'm so happy. It just fair enough. I, I didn't retain anything. I mean, I personally can pull two quick moments. Yeah. Um, one is very early in the trailer. You just see the look of sheer joy on the face of Tallahassee as he tackles a zombie. Okay. Like he, he goes like, it's just a smiling, having fun face while he's attacking a zombie. <laughs> um, and it's just so perfectly in character. It was fantastic. And then at the end, uh, Columbus and Tallahassee meeting their alter egos, a la Shaun of the dead. That was amazing. I, that was great. Yeah, so I'm really interested to see what they do with that, or if it's just going to be like a passing thing, like it was in Shaun of the Dead, where they just kind of happen upon each other, have a scene, and then go their separate ways, or do those? Do they become like part of the group or something? Yeah, you know, like what happens? Um, I love the idea that because I think it's Luke, it's Luke Wilson, right? Who is yeah. the like equivalent to Woody Harrelson? So I think like th- there's a way to – there's many different ways to have 
an analogous character to the type of personality that Woody Harrelson's character of Tallahassee has. And so the way that Luke Wilson is doing it is like one of those ways. I think it's more difficult to try to match Jesse Eisenberg's particular brand of hesitancy and the, 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 I'm going to say like the shyness. Peppy little spit fuck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. To use Tallahassee's words from the first movie. Yes. I think that's actually kind of difficult. And the actor and the character that they have being like his doppelganger to Luke Wilson's character, that is what got me to laugh much more because it's much more quirky and to have someone having those same kind of idiosyncrasies and whatnot that's what got me more yeah i mean there's as you said there's a laundry list of guys in hollywood that could play a character just like woody harrelson plays in tallahassee there's tons of them yeah there's not very many people that could pull off a jesse eisenberg replacement he like like, he's a very unique type of person in his mannerisms and just everything about him in general i I would say is fairly unique to him yeah um i i think i put out a similar uh, not a challenge per se but an agreement with brian previously about um might have been a fast and the furious movie or no, but I think I was trying to trade him for Cabin in the Woods. Um, I I will watch. I will make a deal. I will watch two Fast and the Furious movies with you, Brian. If you sit down and watch Zombieland with us. He's talking too fast, too furious even. And whatever, then another movie. Whatever two you want to pick. Because I haven't seen any of them. That's literally the name of one of them. Too Fast, I'm Too Furious. Sure that is it is. actually they don't, the name. You don't have to show them to me in the order that they have take place. You can screw... Whatever you want to do. You can pick two of whatever, like, 18 of these damn things exist. And I will sit and watch them with you if you agree to watch Zombieland. So, challenge is on the table. There's nothing that I don't watch, so I don't. I can't make any kind of offer like that. I'm not like, <laughs> oh, I won't watch this. That's. I mean, I'll watch a Joaquin Phoenix movie with you, Brian. I, 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 <laughs> you really don't like Joaquin Phoenix? No, I fucking hate him. <laughs> I hate his face. It's just, I can't, no. Like, I, I got through Gladiator because Gladiator was amazing, and other than that, forget it. Having said that, Zombieland 2. Yes. I, you know... This is one I if if like if there's nothing else holding us back, we will absolutely be there opening night. If not, like definitely opening weekend. It might be a Friday night thing, but definitely like Friday or Saturday night, we will be out. I mean, if they put a Thursday release on it, I will be there. Sure, maybe even that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What whatever the first chance I get to see this, I will definitely be seeing it. Um. Like I don't even know per multiple se, times in the theater for sure. Yeah, like we're about to run out of time on this, but I don't. I, I don't know, like, what, what the box office on Zombieland did. Like, it was rated R, so, like, I don't know what the budget was. I don't know how much it made. Maybe that was one of the reasons, you know, getting a sequel made took so long. Whatnot. I think it was something that also festered over time. I don't think it was a massive hit right away. Yeah, yeah screw it, that. It, We're gonna it, became, it became a cult hit, It yeah. is what happened. Like, it, I didn't see the original in the theater. Okay. I knew nothing about it. Like, I had heard of it, but at that time, it was like, oh... Woody Harrelson's in it? Oh, okay. And then, you know, it was like, okay, well, 
we'll, we'll check it out someday. Sure. And then I watched it, and the first time I watched it, I'm like, holy fuck, where was the marketing for this movie? Yeah. Um, you know, like, it, it was just one of those things where you see this movie, and you're like, had they marketed how good this movie was going to be instead of whatever they gave for the what, first whatever time? Whatever they did do, yeah. It would all have been right there. It would have been great. So this time, they don't need to market it, and the first time, they marketed it poorly. So... Sorry yeah, if you're on the I, marketing team for this movie in any capacity, <laughs> but you either didn't I, need to do your job or you didn't do your job. So eh. yeah, I you know what I think the audience for this, uh, similar kind to a Kevin Smith movie and to some other things like 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 the Rob Zombie crowd, for instance. I think the the audience is already built in. If if there's not gonna, I don't think there's gonna be a tremendous percentage of people who see this movie who haven't seen the first one and or don't absolutely love the first one there's not gonna be like a casual oh that was out i guess let's see that sure it's right. like halloween it's zombies right and stuff like no the the audience who wants this movie every single damn one of them is going to see it yeah and, and that audience has grown significantly since the first movie came out so i would agree hopefully the box office is good enough that we can get another one someday uh i agree and hopefully it doesn't take a decade yeah, no, I, yeah, we don't need that. Yeah. All right, well, we did uh, violate our own rules a little bit, but I think it was for a good cause. Um, we have four more entries to get to you, and I don't think many of these are going to take a tremendous amount of time, but this kind of rounds out the rest of the year from what I could find. Uh, shortly after Halloween on November the 8th, we will get the, uh, what I believe is the long ruminating sequel to the shining uh, it is called dr sleep um it is that was the name of the novel that uh i believe stephen king wrote as the sequel to the shining um it's it, it's similar to it in the way that the main character i believe is like uh the, the little boy in the shining this is him grown up uh the adult uh danny torrance uh who will be played by uh ewan mcgregor um, I'm not sure like how much of it, uh, has to do with the Overlook Hotel again, uh, or really connects in the story itself per se, but as much as The Shining book and film, because it was Kubrick and it was Nicholson and here's Johnny and all, you know, no sleep, no play makes Jack a doll boy, all that stuff. Come play with us, Danny, the twins, everything. Um, I presume that this was looked forward to by at least some crowd enough. Um, I think I appreciate The Shining enough that I'd want to see what comes next and what this is supposed to do. Um, it definitely wasn't high on my radar. Um, I won't lose, you know, no pun intended, I won't lose sleep over it if I miss it for a while. But, um, I, I mean, to, to grab someone like Ewan McGregor, to be a part of it, um, I think says something about the project. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is, uh, I think, playing a large role as well. So that's where it's starting from. Uh, where do you fall down? Um, well, here's the thing. I am a huge fan of The Shining. I love the original movie. But, as you so rightly pointed out, this isn't Nicholson, obviously. But it, even more importantly, it's not Stanley Kubrick. Sure. Um... And, you know, there's some directors you can 
plug in and plug out of movies and you can come fairly similar to what they did. Stanley Kubrick is not one of those people. Um, it, you know, the movies he has made and how he made movies were, it was very unique. It was very, um, you know, depending on your bent, sometimes fantastic and sometimes God awful. Um, but I think in this particular case, his vision is what brought The Shining to life. Okay. Um, it was sort never of, sort of like one a showrunner would have. Yes. Okay. Um, it was never one of like the more popular Stephen King novels until, uh, the movie came out, and then everybody kind of got on board reading it. Um. As far as I know, at least as far as like the popularity of reading it went. Mm -hmm. um, but even still, the book itself is not. It's one of those rare cases. I'll say this. The Shining is a movie was better than the book. Um, okay. And that's saying something when it's a Stephen King book that we're talking about. Um, an early Stephen King book. Because um, let's face it, he also did write Cujo. Um <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. You know what you did. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's also something that it's going to be really hard to fill those shoes. And if you're making a direct sequel to it, I'm hoping they can do it justice. Okay. Um, but it's one of those things where I've just kind of, I was like, silently aware that they were doing this movie right. but i was not looking too much into it because it was kind of like i wasn't i'm not i'm not expecting great things but then they sign you and mcgregor and yeah that you know he is to me one of my most respected actors um because there's not really been anything i've watched him in where i did not at least enjoy his performance I can agree with that. Um, and putting so, so him it, in that role. Is, hmm. is it is it safe to say then that you have not watched the trailer that they have released yet? I have not. Okay. I, I have not either. I've just heard about the film and I, and I saw the release information through other means I, and I knew that. Um, but yeah, I haven't watched the, the previews yet either i'm not sure if i want to or not i saw that you put it on the list and i still didn't look it up yeah um like i saw the name and i was like okay i know what that is i didn't even know they had cast you and mcgregor oh okay um now that i you've told Sorry, i learned that, that for you <laughs> it's okay i've learned that now i will probably watch what they've put out just okay. to get an idea of the tone they're going for sure um if they're going to try and keep with Kubrick's tone, they better damn well do it right. If they're going to make it their own thing, make it your own thing and make it very clear that's what you're doing. Just don't try to mix the two. Yeah. De yeah. Definitely don't try to go some Kubrick and some anything else. It's not going to work. Um, yeah, I think that's a difficult style. Even though some of his, some of his style you can see similarities from film to film, but whether you like him a lot or you dislike him a lot, 
I find that I th- I think it's it's difficult to nail down. Like if you look at Wes Anderson movies, you could tell they're Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. And he he's a very stark example of of trying to point something like that out. Whereas Kubrick, if you told me afterward that was a Kubrick movie, oh okay, that makes sense. But as I'm watching it, I might not say, you know, this really reminds me of 2001: A Space Odyssey or The Shining. Is this Kubrick? Well, just because you know what I mean. 2001, so, I kind of separate a little bit from some of the others. Uh, why is that? Um, it's just, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's similarities in what he's done outside of that. And I feel like there's very okay. few within that that reach out to his other films. Okay. Um, so I guess when, what I would, what, I the point I was trying to get around to and I was being inartful about it is I think it's difficult to try to intentionally display an imitation of Kubrick because there wasn't a lot about his style that seemed very consistent to me. I can agree with that, but I can also say that, I mean, maybe even if not directly to just Kubrick, to the original film. Okay, Um, okay. Because... Yeah, I mean, if, you know, you go more into Kubrick, you could, yeah, say, like, there's huge differences in what he's done with things like, yeah, Full Metal Jacket and The Shining are extremely different in the film style, but it's the... I'm trying to think of a good way to put it, but the best way I can think is, like, the the dark, extremely dark undertones with a smile is what I always think of when I think of Kubrick. Okay. Is that he manages, he, he conveys these things in very, um, non-traditional ways. So, I feel like he, he tends to tread very lightly over things that should be taken with a much heavier tone. Mm, okay. And I then I understand that in, I think that's part of like the style I think of when I think of Kubrick is like at the same time as how disturbing the drill sergeant is in full metal jacket and how like horrible the things he's doing are. He's also kind of comical. Um, if does that make sense like what i'm like it's i i think so yeah i i i wouldn't expect i think like all these years later i would i i think it'd be a big gamble for a filmmaker to intentionally try to invoke kubrick or try to replicate feelings from shots or moods from from the shining um so they'd probably want to stay away from that as much as possible because I think okay. in a lot of in a lot of circles, Kubrick is one of like for film snobs. I think Kubrick is one of those like sacrosanct names that either like film snobs either like they don't allow people to have a real opinion about him. Either Kubrick is sacrosanct <laughs> yeah. or they hate him. Ju- ah, I'll finish this up. Um, 
or they dislike him just to be ironic because you're supposed to like him. Right. They don't just have an opinion of like, well, whether he was good at what he did or whether a particular movie was better than another or, you know, it failed in it, one way or it's another. the same truth of every director. Some of it was good and some of it wasn't. Right. And I feel like it's, yeah, it, because he's very unique in, like, like he's the closest I can think, like maybe him and Burton to being like mainstream art house filmmakers. Yeah. Right. And so there's this like special place that he holds where, like I said, either people love him or they dislike him or they dislike him because everyone else likes him, but they don't really have an opinion. And it just, I don't know, it swirls around and no one, no one's actually just honest and critical. Fair enough. All the same, Dr. Sleep, um, if you like The Shining or you're interested in where the story goes after, that's what you want to check out. Yeah. Even though we we kind of turned that into a Kubrick discussion, which (laughs) I'm not surprised happened, but it, 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 it did happen. Yeah, but uh, that'll be November the 8th. Um, and no, I just said this. I'm sure these these last three, I, I guarantee these last three, we can't possibly talk about that long. Um, <laughs> moving on to November the 15th is a movie called The Lodge that I saw. Um, I only stopped on it because it kind of sounds like a movie I've seen before, or, you know, or several movies I've seen before. The premise is... Uh, uh, a soon-to-be mother is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. Um, there really wasn't anything stand out about it that made me stop on this one, except that Alicia Silverstone is in this, uh, along with Richard Armitage. The uh, best quick example I can give for him is he was Thorin... Oakenshield and Peter Jackson's uh, Hobbit trilogy. Um, and also in the cast is an actress named, I'm going to butcher her last name, is Riley Keough? Keough? K-E-O-U-G-H? I do not know how to pronounce her last name correctly. Um, I'm not but I kinda, try. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of dig her. She was in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, she was in a movie in 2017 called It Comes at Night with... Um, Oh, what's his name? It's a, it's escaping. It's to my t- uh, Joel Egerton. Uh, that that wasn't terrible in my opinion. Uh, she was in a film called Hold the Dark, which was another movie made by Jeremy Salner, the guy that I mentioned earlier made Green Room and mm-hmm. Blue Ruin. That was a, a a Netflix original called Hold the Dark. Um. Uh, she's in a movie that I've been wanting to see for a while called. Uh, under the silver lake that kept getting like a pushed back theatrical release and i don't know if it ever did uh, but now it's out on dvd and i'm just waiting to get it from the library it's supposed to be kind of this like weird strange movie with uh andrew garfield but it sounds really cool um if anyone saw logan lucky she was in that um but uh so that's like the casting about it so some of those jumped out at me, which made me just kind of, like I said, just stop for a moment and say, like, oh, I wonder if this could possibly be any good. It might suck. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I've seen way worse movies that sounded worse than this from the beginning, and I still gave an hour and a half of my life to them. So that's a thing. It's happening November 15th. Mike, do you have any thoughts on it? Interesting to see Alicia Silverstone pop up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
can't think of the last time I saw her in something new. Like, the last time I seen her in something that was like, oh, that's new. I right. can't even remember it. So, interesting to find out that she's still working. So Yeah, yeah. So, they said, this is one of those, I'm not sure, I couldn't even tell you in advance what a, how, how wide of a release I think this would get. So, it may be in a theater around your area. It may not be. But, again, if it's like a throwaway afternoon sometime, and you're like, eh, let's go see that uh, kind of seemingly crappy horror movie. Sure. November 15th, The Lodge. So, all right, I guess we'll move on. I think that was our shortest topic so far, <laughs> which is good. Um, this was one that struck out. I, I could not believe I saw this on a list somewhere. Did you see The Boy? I think oh, it was yeah. in 20, yeah, 2016 with uh, Lauren Cohen. Yeah, it was good. I, I was, okay, I, I personally wouldn't say it was good. I think it was one that I expected to be way worse. And though it and because it was like That's redeemable, fair. I was like, oh, okay, that was Better than I thought it was going to be. Fair. It in no way... Tell me if you disagree. I in no way felt it warranted a sequel by either the story or the quality or anything. Like, it did not create, like, the whole an good ongoing part of mythology. The movie, well, the whole good part of the movie was that you didn't realize that the boy was a real boy. Spoilers. Um, yeah, if you need a spoiler on the boy at this point... <laughs> For a movie that I guarantee up. no one else is going to watch. Um... The, the 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 truth of it is that that was what made that movie turn from being something silly and ridiculous to oh I'm paying attention now. I agree because that they would, had I, this yes. interesting turn. That, it doesn't that same work turn, twice. Yes. It's the same reason that Saw to me never warranted a sequel is because they had this idea with mm, Saw that okay. you know that huge twist at the end that made it so much better. And right. I guess there was enough people that thought saw was great because you watched a guy saw off his own leg and that's where we got all these sequels yeah um as opposed to you know like the twist and the interesting puzzle to it and the interesting mystery to the story they thought it was the, the gore and violence and i guess that's what wound up going that route and in this case you can't like the boy, what is this time? It's going to magically turn back into a doll that actually is killing people or something. I don't know. Like, well, and that was that was the strange part is again we'll just assume no one is. If you haven't seen the boy at this point, you're never gonna. I get it's not a movie you're gonna see. I know that. So the twist is that the doll doesn't turn into a boy. The doll is in the house, but the boy it belonged to is now grown up and has been living in the walls of the house for years and then is revealed to actually exist um so again he's also then actually killed as far as i remember and that's what i recall as well so and it seems like this is a sequel it's not a prequel because the premise is after a family moves into the hillshire hillshire mansion which i think is the name of the house that the first one takes place in their young son soon makes friend with a real lifelike doll named called Brahms. I guess in theory it could be a prequel. I don't know why you would want it because you already like right. You already know what the what the big twist is. You already know what the reveal is. Yeah. So the title the title of this is uh, this is Brahms B R A H M S. That's the name of the son that the 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 doll is take is is standing in for in the in the film. It's Brahms the boy too i i can't say now and interestingly enough like i feel i don't want to be 
shitty about this, but like Katie Holmes is starring in it. She's the she's the biggest name in this. And I'm like, why? Like are you are you in this bad of a place at the moment that you need to do Brahms? The boy too? Like, why Katie Holmes? That was why, you know, as I'm going through the the sources, I'm like, what? Okay, they're making a sequel and Katie Holmes is in it. That's that's sad. Well, we know Tom's money's not running out, so... I suppose. What? Like, take a chance, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, yeah, that's... If anyone cares to check that out, that looks like it's going to be December 6th, which is strange because I think the first one was like an early February release from what I remember. Maybe January of uh, the year it came out, which I think was 2016, so now they're putting this in December. I have no idea why. But uh, that's that's the sequel to The Boy, December 6th. Um, we have come to the last. We have one more. Um, this is, I think, unnecessary. Yeah, among, I mean, I so was... so many are. So many are. But So there's a, uh, there's a segment on one of Kevin Smith's podcasts on Hollywood Babylon. The segment is called No Thanks Where He Got One. And the idea is unnecessary sequels, unnecessary reboots and remakes constantly. I'd say this falls right under it. They're making another reimagining, remake, whatever, of Black Christmas. Uh, the original came out in 1974. And uh, the only biggest name I could think to throw at anyone that they might recognize is Margot Kidder. The original Lois Lane from the um, Christopher Reeve Superman films. Margot Kidder was in that. And then they made... Uh, one in 2006, I believe. Yeah, 2006, which, I mean, so they waited 32 years. Okay, I kind of get that. 32 years, they brought in Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, Lacey uh, Chabert. Um, Chabert. That's how you say it. Chabert, thank you. Um, so, like, kind of putting that cast together at that point in time, I sort of understand. But... Like, again, you never need it again. But they're doing it again. And they're making one more that comes out this December with... I have to... Let me check. Like, Okay, so the... So, Carrie... Um, Carrie Elwes. El- Elwes. I, ne- I never know how to say that guy's last name. Elways. Is it Elways? Yeah, it's Carrie Elways. Right. Carrie Elways and uh, Imogen Poots is, is in this, but... I think like she's at an depending if they like change the story. I think like she's kind of at an age where it would not make sense for her to be one of the like sorority sisters in the story. So like I have no idea why they're making this movie. Uh, is it confirmed to actually be a remake or is it just using the name? Uh, at least the the IMDb entry for it is. A group of students are stalked by a stranger during their Christmas break. A remake of the 1974 okay. horror film Black Christmas. That, that's all I was asking. Like, just, just to be sure before yeah. I shit on it. Um, <laughs> shit away. I mean, it's the same bullshit that we get from movies all the time these days. People can't think up their own creative story to tell, and they just retell something somebody else already told. I'm kind of over that idea for movies that don't need it um movies that you know were really good to begin with that don't need a technological update don't Mm -hmm. don't remake something you know i mean like 
there was a long time there was a talk of rebooting or not rebooting but just remaking jaws to which i've always said don't you fucking dare right the first one's perfect i don't give a shit what the shark looks like fuck off (laughs) with something like black christmas when they went and remade it it didn't need to be remade the first time correct and just make up your own damn story think up something yourself be creative come up with something well, and um, and the the idea behind it is generic enough that you could literally make nearly the exact same movie with a different title, and you'd really avoid the prospect of anybody caring enough to sue you for like infringement or anything. Right. It's been done a hundred times, and the, I think the thing is, they believe that their their product that they that they want to put out is shitty enough. And that story is shitty enough that it needs the name recognition and the brand recognition of a shitty movie from the 70s and then the early 2000s to actually get people interested in the first place. Yeah, the strange so, part is uh, they're trying to... So this I'm surprised. This is, this is coming from Blumhouse. And they're selling it on the back of... Like the movie poster that they have as the IMDb image says, From the producer of Get Out and Halloween. Because Bl- Blumhouse did the the reboot of Halloween, um, I mean they're selling it on the backs of that, hoping that maybe people who don't know the uh, the older versions or who do will like give this a chance. But although it does come out on Friday the thirteenth of December, because that's Christmas time, I I don't know. I'm trying. You, you can try all you want. You know my reaction <laughs> on this. It, it, like, I'm sorry, but it, horror is so easy to be creative with because you don't have to bind yourself to reality at all. And they're not even trying to be creative. And that's the part that pisses me off. If you be creative and, and, and you fail, I'm okay with that. If you try to be creative and you succeed, great. I'm okay with that. If you're like, I have no desire to be creative. I'm just going to use what somebody else made and make it shittier, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think um, that goes back to exactly how we opened the conversation. That it, you, if you excel, that's great. But when you flop, you fail hard. Yeah. And I don't see any outcome of success here. And I think I think it goes back even further to something where you and I and Brian and Andy were discussing The Lion King in the recent remake uh, before the last show, um, where we didn't we didn't discuss this on shows, so you're not mm-hmm. missing anything from the last show, guys. But we discussed the same sort of thing where that was a shot for shot remake, and it just updated the technology with which we were viewing it. And for each one of us, it was just kind of. Uh, it fell really flat, whereas the newer Aladdin remake that came out, I believe, in May. Yeah. Um, that took its own liberties, did its own thing, created new wrinkles in the story, and really did something creative with it, as opposed to just remaking what we already have seen. And it was better. Don't get me wrong. I'm still not going to defend that as a huge creative success, because it's not. It's still using somebody else's property to make something not unique but at least it did something different yeah Um, i agree and with with something like black christmas you're nobody wanted this nobody asked for it we don't need it i'd rather see 10 terribly made shitty horror movies than go watch this one 
that, that I, seem originally conceived. Yeah, it, just ten. Even if they're even if they're originally conceived and they turn out to be shitty, I'd rather watch them than something that's already been done. Yeah. So uh, I mean, maybe as as our discussion for tonight closes out, uh, our ending sentiment is: we would rather watch your shitty stuff that's original rather than remaking stuff that doesn't need to be constantly. I feel like we're going to be having this conversation about like another Krampus movie in two years. <laughs> like just... Hey, I didn't mind that Krampus movie. Which one? There was like three that released that year. That is true. Uh, the Tony Collette, Adam Scott one. Yeah, it was okay. But if it, it never happens again, I'm good with that too. Yeah. I, yeah, it, same. It's just, I feel like they have no ideas for Christmas horror movies because it's fucking Christmas. Yeah, and I didn't realize this until I was going through things today that uh like I was I, like for instance I was I was looking at 3 from Hell and I find Bill Mosley's page and I see oh Bill Mosley was in a movie called Silent Night Deadly Night 3. I knew there was a first one, didn't know there was at least 3 in that series. So um, like I I think like you can only you can only come up with unique seeming horror uh premises around the christmas holiday to a certain degree it's just it's it's a limited universe to pull from i, I mean i'm pretty sure gary Busey voiced ginger dead man in yes he did a solid three or four didn't he uh i know definitely the first one he appeared live action in part of it and he, oh he did it for the voiced, second yeah and the voice the rest of the first and then might have been into the second or third as well yeah so well, there I mean, go. give me Gary Busey voicing a fucking talking gingerbread man, and I am there. <laughs> but give me Black Christmas again, I'm out. Oh boy, that's that's uh, that, that's Bradley's closing statement, Your Honor. I stand by it. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess that's where we'll end this discussion of upcoming scary movies for the rest of the year the the Halloween season, the scary movie season. Uh, we don't know how you guys feel about just the two of us uh, existing in a labicless world. Let us know, I suppose. Uh, I don't have all the info, but Brian tried to told me, tried to tell me what to mention here. Uh, look on Facebook, Twitter, and the uh, Bry Guy to Super Friends at Gmail account that he never checks. We're around Google Bry Guy to Super Friends. You'll find us on things. Leave comments and ratings. That's I feel like he's going to hear knows. this, edit it, and put in his own ending anyways. I asked him if he wanted to handle it. He told me to do it. This is oh, what he gets. Okay. Well, he handed That's the reins to, he to you. He shouldn't have outsourced. That's his fault. <laughs> uh, but I don't know about you. I had fun doing this. This was cool getting to talk uh, just like one-on-one uh, yeah. for a change. And also about stuff that we don't typically get to deep dive on at all. Uh, yeah, during it's, the show, it's rare that uh, we get into stuff horror related. I think we did a Walking Dead one a while back with Romano, but yeah, yeah, it's been it's uh, been quite a, it's been a minute, as as the kids say. We, we we missed out on all the Game of Thrones stuff because Brian didn't watch that, and <laughs> I'd still go back and record podcasts about each season. If you guys are interested in hearing us talk about them retroactively all this time, please let us know. You can leave a comment Said on any nobody. of those social media outlets or by sending emails to contact info that i can't really remember right now but uh yeah we're gonna 
say thank you. We hope you enjoyed the change of pace as well. And uh, for myself and Mike, and I guess on behalf of Brian, uh, thanks. And we will talk to you next time. (laughs) 